everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. Uh, I love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm sorry. With me, as always, my co-host, who does not exactly love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Kristen Studdard. That's me. I am the one who represents the majority of people. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the way the public behaves and thinks about this institution, and maybe in general. We have with us a guest here. We're very excited to have him. We've had a bit of a streak of guests who we don't know prior. Yeah. And who are new to our world. But We're this coming is a, back to our roots here. A change of pace. Uh, someone who's been a close friend of, of both of ours for a long time. Uh, he's a screenwriter. He's a comedy man. He used to be uh, in a sketch in group a sketch with group us. sketch group with the both of us. Yeah. Uh, and it's Connor Sullivan. Hi, Joe. Hi, Kristen. Hi, uh, Connor. Oh boy, what a what a fun day we're gonna have discussing uh, a topic that's very important to me. Yeah, I, you know, the, here's the deal: we could have, if we wanted to cover this band, we could have found a music journalist or a critic. Oh yeah. Or a, or a musician, perhaps. But I I don't think there's, there's only one. There was only one person that we truly considered, though. There, and that there, was you. There's no other. Yes. There's no other choice. We'll, we'll get to them in a second, though. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. At, at first, though, uh, I I'm curious, and we've talked about this before because uh, we're friends, <laughs> and I have co- cornered you at parties uh, from time to time. But talk to me just about what you know about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in general. Well, I, I guess my relationship with it is is obviously not like yours I, I might be in the middle between you and Kristen of like yeah I was very moved like when Green Day got inducted in 2015 mm-hmm. and I watched that whole like that whole special just so I could catch every moment of theirs and like in case they cut to them in the crowd you yeah I was like I just it. want to see Trey Cool laughing at a little joke yeah. about, about about Bill about Withers <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and like you know I would always follow it when it was like uh, when Tom Waits made it. Something like that was exciting for mm-hmm. me. And um, so, so when it comes down to it, it's the the bands that matter to you. You'll you'll tune in, right? Yeah, like I think it's cool when a band I love makes it, and but I'm not following it as as you guys do. Like, yeah, you it, wouldn't do a not. draft, dare I say? No, but I mean there are bands like that you guys have covered that I think it's insane. Like like Zevon's not in, mm-hmm, correct? Which is crazy. And yes, and. Uh, the replacements, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Richmond, like all these kind of people where I'm like, they, I don't understand how yeah. you could call something the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not have these iconic bands. But And also, as you can hear, Connor has a type of music that he likes and it kind of like you can hear. I think you can follow the the trajectory of the type of music that you like and then backwards, you know, into the older rock music that you also like, yeah you know uh, yeah very lonely college rock music that is probably that's, so yeah. Chris, yeah so Kristen didn't have to say it you, yeah you, you I, well, I was definitely self-identify the, sad boy I was definitely the guy sophomore year of college who bought like an old navy jacket that kind of looked like Tom Waits's jacket and Man, like, yeah, like that just, was definitely my is, vibe. Is there anything worse than in the 2000s, a college kid who's really into Tom <laughs> no, Waits? Oh, it's, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I got that out of my system in college in Milwaukee where I was like sequestered. Yeah. So no I one, didn't like get out here and there, all of a sudden, you know, talking to girls about the importance of Frank's wild years or something. My God. Yeah. I was doing God. that at parties and it probably 
probably explains why I didn't have sex until I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're, we're, you're very lucky that there's little evidence of that phase. God. There's no, some, I'm there's, sure. There there's must like be pictures. There's like three pictures of me wearing like that and a Tom Waits like t-shirt oh just God. to really hammer it home. Yeah. Man. I never went for the pork pie hat though. I think that would have been like the last that's the bullet in the yeah, heart. That would have been it. it. The that's fedora it. We wouldn't be like speaking level. to you right no, now, no. I think, if you had gone that far. Uh, yeah, I remember in college, my college boyfriend used to play a Tom Waits CD sometimes while we were going to sleep, and I would make him turn it off because it was... <laughs> too sad there was that one about an ice cream man who's really sad do you know what i'm talking about do you know that song's song? actually one of his cheerier songs uh, that's like, like a so sad that's like a sexy song about him being an ice cream man is it a sexy song that's from closing him? time which is like the only record of his where he doesn't have his like growl yet yeah like, it wasn't that it, it, i also did a light in my friend's lighting project I um, she did <laughs> which a is song. such a college thing. Like, yes. oh, we got a lighting project. Let's a lighting like, project. I was in her lighting project. She had to light me. There was a man tied up, and I was chasing him around to some <laughs> really weirdly erotic Tom Waits song. It was either a lighting project was either set to a Tom Waits song or a Stop Making Sense song. Those are like mm-hmm. college acting lighting project songs. And also, yeah, sorry for anyone who doesn't know what a lighting project is, and you weren't a theater dork. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it's probably best to not explain it and no, let them continue think, to live their life yeah. uh, without that knowledge. I want to back up and talk about oh. how, how we can't uh, uh, agree if this Ice Cream Man song is sexy or not. Okay, look up the, do you have the lyrics of Ice Cream Man? Can I'll, look, look, I'll them look them up. I, vaguely, I just remember that that song was like the one it's, where I was like, not the Ice Cream Man song. Like any of the other ones, okay, on that album. I think album. it's like a song where he's like an Ice Cream I Man of you. offering sexy treats i, I believe that's what that song maybe about. that's why i hated it okay it, is, it was i thought it maybe he's like I i'm your sad. ice cream man baby like that's what oh, this song is. i mean it's, i'm not saying it's a good there, song it's, you're not saying it's effectively sexy but he oh. was trying to be sexy what's the last song on that album uh closing time <laughs> By Semisonic. Yeah, every, I think Connor, here's something you need to know about Connor. He thinks every album ends with Closing Time yeah. by Semisonic. Is the Ice Cream Man song the first song? It might be, you might be thinking of the song Martha, which is that very sad. That song is so sad. Yeah, yes, that, that song, song is incredibly sad. Yeah, that's a great song, too. Yes. I'll be clicking by your house about two forty-five. Sidewalk Sunday strawberry surprise. Ooh. I got a cherry popsicle right on time. Get out of a here! A big stick, mama, Go that'll blow your <laughs> mind. Mama. Absolutely not. Get out of here! You. Won't. And I was probably like a sophomore, being like, "That's his playful side, but it's he's got a dark side too." So <laughs> funny that I thought there. I'm conflating it with Martha, which was the sad song on yes. that album. Mm-hmm. I think I just hated the content of that Ice Cream Man song. And That's you know what? I'm right. totally fair. No, I, um, yeah, I think I, so. I cannot defend Ice Cream Man. I, I could keep going. No, no. I, I, big stick mama, I think Big Stick Mama really. Yeah. Um, it, we got we got if what we, titled we needed. These episodes, not you know, Connor discusses Weezer. We would just, this one would be called Big, big stick, stick Mama. Big stick Maybe that'll be the thing. Let's not forget at the at end. At the end, yeah, if that's you what you should review, put in the review. You got to put Big Stick big Mama. Big Stick Mama, yeah, yeah. So we know. Oh, Good Christ. <laughs> 
let's get that hashtag big stick mama going. So then you you re- you referenced um, uh, a couple of bands that we've talked about, the replacements being one and stuff. You cannot believe they're not in. Are yes. there any other bands that you can think of that are notable? Jonathan Richmond, we've Jonathan never Richmond talked about. Jonathan Richmond is one that it's a little more difficult because he he's such a niche. Yeah, yeah. he's a little act. more fringe, and like you could maybe say the Modern Lovers, modern but they lovers. weren't really. Yeah together long they, so they're one album they've done one so album of demos and it's one of the best things ever could you do a um could you do a joy division new order on that one i don't think so it's tough like it's not the same and if, yeah. I, if I can just quickly uh after we released that episode there was a lot of back and forth lot online of, about a lot of twitter banter, i feel like i didn't do a, a good enough RIP job my mentions um joy division kept going after ian curtis died almost without skipping a beat, and recorded songs that they had written to be Joy Division songs, and then it, all it was was the name change. Joy Division and New Order are, are the same band. I'm sorry. That's just... I feel like I, I did a bad job, and I was trying to be nice to Wendy, but she's not here. So <laughs> if Joy Division is not inducted with New Order, I will be standing outside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum with a sign that says, uh, no no justice uh, for Joy. No justice, no order. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. excuse and me. And then also hashtag fuck the singles category. Well, yeah. <laughs> That'll I, be on the back mm, for yeah. you. Anyway, yeah, Jonathan Richmond, I think... Uh, What's weird is like you could be a really great artist and not have a case to be in the Rock and Roll Hall Would of Fame. Would he qualify Would... for like the legacy uh, thing at some point? I like... mean, isn't everything in the well, Rock Hall the of Legacy? Well, what's the thing that Rosetta Tharp? Uh... Oh, that, oh, that, that early was influence. early influence. Early influence? Okay, yeah, so he's that's... probably not going to get an early no. influence. Yeah, but he, they, everyone does. He's like, very respected. Like, oh, I he's love the, him. That's the first punk record that's what the people argue that the modern so. lovers there's there's a case to be made for them I yeah think. that album is very it's good. incredible yeah, i it really rules. like it it rules and also hey iconic uh you know um what's the word the logo logo the, thank yeah. you i'm like why can i not think of the word yeah. logo? i also had yeah. a modern lover shirt that <laughs> yeah. i would wear in college and lecture people about the importance of it's oh a, sure that is a cool shirt that That's is a cool a shirt. Cool yeah. shirt but i can imagine you were like begging for people to ask you what it was oh yeah absolutely that thing like, yeah huh? right what about this huh and everyone's just yeah that's like me with my anti-flag shirt <laughs> People did not like it. Anti-Flag were (laughs) maybe the worst timed band because they really came to after 9-11. After 9-11. When flags were the thing. But the thing about it was, was unless you hated George Bush, which I truly did. And so I was like, Did Anti-Flag rock against Bush? I feel like they did. Did they they rocked against Bush? I feel like they had to be on rock against Bush. Okay. I definitely saw them live. <laughs> I, 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 if I recall, the cover of Rock Against Bush is like angry punk music, and then George Bush like holding his ears, like "Ooh, too loud." <laughs> I can't. I mean, I definitely it had hurts. a Fat Records, not my president, George Bush shirt. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, that I wore to a protest and was interviewed for the local Peoria, Illinois news station. Oh, wow, I can confirm Anti-Flag's uh, appearance on a Rock Against Bush. Yeah, I believe Tom Waits right. is also on a Rock Against Bush. Oh my God. Uh, Man, remember when we thought that would be the worst thing that happened? <laughs> I, I don't see that, but you know, if you want you want me to quickly... I think the day after tomorrow, which was on Real Gun, was on one of the Rock Against Bushes. There's, and I believe there were multiple volumes. There was, there was two. None more black. Some forty-one alkaline trio. 
Epoxies, Anti-Flag Against Me, The Offspring, The Get Up Kids, Rise Against, Ministry, Descendants, Authority Zero, The Soviets, Jello Biafra with DOA, uh, RX Bandits, Strung Out, Strike, Anywhere, ba- uh, The Ataris, Pennywise, Denali. <laughs> this is <laughs> just like Gloria. the Warp Tour, you <laughs> know, know, The World, Inferno, Friendship Society, though. The Frisk, No Effects, Social Distortion, and Less Than Jake featuring Billy Bragg. Whoa! Whoa. That actually sounds great. I have seen probably... Two thirds of those bands at that's volume one, (laughs) and volume two is Green Day, Bad Religion, Operation Ivy, The Lawrence Arms, Dropkick Murphys, Flogging Molly, Only Crime, Food Fighters, Lag Wagon, (laughs) Sugar Cult, Rancid, Sleater Kinney, Yunseen, Yellow Card, Dillinger Four, Jawbreaker, The Bouncing Souls, Mad Caddies. Uh, dwarves, sick of it all, no doubt, useless ID, autopilot off, the international noise conspiracy, do nots, hot water music, thought riot, hot water music. and no use for a name. Oh, no use I for a name. I love man. most of those bands, and then you, international noise conspiracy. <laughs> what is, who are they? It inter- international is in parentheses. Oh, just to, yes. to give maybe you a little like bit. The, maybe they were English. They you were know, Swedish it was like rock maybe, band. Oh. Maybe it was like noise conspiracy. Oh, oh, I actually do know who international noise conspiracy is. I definitely downloaded some of their songs from Napster. Ooh, okay. Yes. Uh, yes. And I think it, it was the dude from Refused. Yeah. If that means anything. Oh, I saw, yes. I saw them Refused with the Hives this year. Oh, no shit. Uh, it was like Swedish yelling uh, double. I would say that also all of those bands at any given point were playing the Metro in Chicago <laughs> between at, at a very specific 1997 time, yeah. to 2003. They played the Mustard Plug Christmas show yeah. at the Metro. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Uh, well, I don't think Weezer was on there. No. Well, uh, 2004 now, was, was a down period for Weezer. Was Weezer rocking against Bush? No, they never. They've never been political. They've never had any political leanings or because in their minds they still can't vote (laughs) this is very true gross but that was no 2004 was one of the uh like down periods where in the first like first decade of being a weezer fan there would be four or five years would go by and you're like oh i guess they're never coming back and then they're like maybe it's finally over yeah maybe we can cement their legacy and then (laughs) just keeps keeps going well let's let's talk about weezer specifically what weezer means to you uh and why they're so important to you um i are they your favorite band so i i've had this debate for about (laughs) 20 years is this an internal debate yes well sometimes sometimes with friends but um i'd love for someone to argue that your favorite band wasn't who you said yeah yeah like that's not your favorite band it goes between weezer and green day Mm -hmm. because those are the two bands that i discovered around the same time of like falling in love with music and they were both the uh the linchpins of my favorite album of all time the soundtrack to the movie angus oh that's right Uh, connor loves the angus soundtrack um, which uh but those and the two songs on that album are both my favorite songs of each band what Mm -hmm. songs are on the Uh, j-a-r jason andrelva's the green day song You Gave Your Love to Me Softly is the Weezer song on there, which is just incredible. And that does that's the only album that song appears on. It's right? it's popped up on like uh Pinkerton reissues like as a as a bonus track, but it's oh. in like a different version, which is actually like a little a little angrier. But yeah, I mean they have been one of my favorite bands forever and 
they are one of the most frustrating bands to love and mm-hmm. oddly sometimes one of the most rewarding because you've suffered through so much bullshit with them that yeah. when they put out a good song or a good record you kind of feel like you earned it yeah you know? like a lot of people fell off the train but you stayed on and, you, and you've been rewarded you're yeah for your, your hard work for, yeah there's you'll there's, get one single song out of 36 yes uh, well yeah it's it's constantly been that way and ever since they came back in 2001 with the green album that was like the first time diehard fans went no fuck this we're done and then right like, then the next album we're like, okay it's pretty good and then the next one oh this is guard like it, it just keeps going and to the point where i think i only know two or three other people that have been fans since the beginning that are still actively listening to new Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. Like they've done such a good job of shaking people off their, their, <laughs> yes. their trail that it's, it's so That's such hard a fun way to put it. Yeah. You know, they just shook all the people off their trail who, <laughs> who were trying to follow them all the way to the top. And yeah. they were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're That's, going straight I, to the middle. And baby. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this a, a little later, but like he, I, it, I think rivers actively hates, making good Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like, that way. He seems defiant. He seems defiant. And then when he, like, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll just put out a stupid little rock song. And it's the first song where, oh, this is, oh, he still got it. It's so strange that most artists are, like, trying so hard to recapture their youth and they put everything into it. And then when he does it, it's because he's being forced to. Mm-hmm. And, he, and it always sounds pretty good. And... Then when he wants to get adventurous, it always sounds just so shitty and like, and, and yeah, and that sounds forced. Him being adventurous sounds extremely forced and bad. They are cursed by their legacy. Yes. Which is kind of cemented for a lot of people, which is they came out with an amazing, impactful first album, Mm -hmm. the blue album, the Mm -hmm. self-titled album. And then they had their follow-up was, you know, for the fans and maybe initially was panned. Pinkerton yes. uh, ended up becoming this cult hit yeah. eventually. And then they were gone for a while. And then it has been, even if you don't know anything about Weezer, you know that everything after that was diminishing returns. Even if it's not entirely true. Yes. No, that's that's the case. And um, The arc and the story, the narrative is that it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. But what all, also part of the narrative is that they were able to have a commercial resurgence. Right. That they were able to somehow through all of this, while the fans were falling off and hating them that they were able to find mainstream success. I'm curious. We will get to this when we talk about longevity. I am just like, what do the kids think of Weezer these days? Well, they think Weezer's like a big silly, like the, the Africa cover is something that was so huge for them that they're sort of seen as like a really cool classic rock band that like does ironic. They kind of fit in with like shitty, ironic internet culture Africa, I believe, was if not their biggest, highest charting song ever. I, I think ever. It, I, I wouldn't. I think Beverly Hills probably Beverly Hills charted oh, there. Probably, Beverly God, Hills might be. Everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Well, the thing the thing that's so odd about even with the Blue Album, their first record, and Pinkerton is when Blue Album was released, music fans hated it because they thought it was 
pavement for a major label. And they it just thought, kind of and, was, and, and that's it, it okay. Kind of is, yeah. yeah. But it came out at at a very specific time in history of uh, Gen X hating polish, hating right. caring about yeah. stuff. So what Weezer kind of represented didn't fit in the era of grunge. Yeah. No, they were definitely like a... They didn't have enough slacker aesthetic. No, I mean, but even though the half that record is all slacker aesthetic, yeah. like it's about like cutting work and to go just, surf. Yeah, and, and it's like people, and it's all those weird talking. Yeah, like the sweater <laughs> song I don't thing. I is... talking on yeah. right. But Buddy Holly's not, their top, their number one? What do you mean? Not the most. Their oh, top not not in charting. I'm no. sure just in in cultural saturation. It's, it's, and I'm assuming it's their most beloved song of all time. If they just announced a tour today and there was like a commercial for it, and the song that that when they cut to Weezer playing was Buddy Holly, it's just like that's the song that will define them forever. That's part of the issue of looking at the charts. The highest charting thing often doesn't represent what is the most defining or the most popular thing when all is said and done. Right. But uh, Beverly Hills, they just the the regular radio played, like the pop radio played nonstop. Yeah, and it was I a mean, top ten pop hit. Good. God. I think Perfect Situation was also a bit of a what pop hit. What is that? We'll song. get to that. We'll okay. get to that. Um, <laughs> That's a nightmare. But. Uh, was the Angus soundtrack the first time you remember hearing? Weezer? Yes, and because um, I believe the producer of that of of the movie was this guy Rob Cavallo, who headed up Warner Brothers for a long time, and basically the movie is a advertisement for the soundtrack. You, they have characters talking about going to see Green Day. Oh, that's and then wild! There's this oh, prom wow. scene where you gave your love to me softly is. Almost featured more than like the dialogue of the final scenes. The Are they performing the in? No, it? they're not. Okay. They're not in it. But the this isn't it, a it is a world. Cleo it is a world where the songs at prom were like Mazzy Star and Weezer. So like my dream prom, essentially. Yeah. You have been um, chasing that. I've been chasing it forever. <laughs> but that was the first time I ever heard uh, Weezer. And then I think by the time I was really getting serious about listening to albums was their first comeback record, which was the Green Album mm-hmm. in uh, 2001. And they that was when they were on SNL, and they had that great performance of Island in the Sun where Will Ferrell is inexplicably playing maracas in the band. Which I don't, I don't think you can find online. This is right I was like, now. Man, that but, is just a real. That's a one-two punch for you. Yeah, it was like like yeah. you got actually a one-two-three punch. You got SNL, you got Weezer, you got Will Ferrell yeah, there was, cameo. Island in the Sun is probably the first song after you gave your love to me softly that I fell deeply in love with and i mm-hmm. think this explains why you're able to still love them to this day because you didn't get into them when the first two albums that's were coming probably out. very true yeah because i was i was too young to you know mm-hmm. i I, don't, I didn't get into pinkerton until i was the exact right age to get into pinkerton which is 14 years old uh-huh. yeah see and i also got into pinkerton when i was probably 15 or 16 or something like that yeah it's that's the perfect age and then I I feel like even in the last couple of years, I would listen to a Pinkerton song and I'd be mad if I related to it too much. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I Hopefully like... it's not the one about masturbating to somebody's letter. Uh... Pinkerton has not aged well. Um, con- uh, some of it content-wise. Content-wise, content wise. I think it is... Um, I, 
I my favorite musical moment of all time is on Pinkerton, and it's the guitar solo in Tired of Sex. Which I think is like the most visceral, exciting guitar solo I've ever heard. It is, ju- it's so full of anger and despair, and it's mm-hmm. just and it that re- song reflects the lyrics. Yeah, and that song is about him getting tired of fucking groupies on tour, and that's not relatable. But there's something. But it's s- honest. There's it's mm-hmm. very honest, and the anguish in his voice in that song is, oh, it's just so beautiful and. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, there are it's lyrics about, of El Scorcho of like him stalking, yeah. <laughs> stalking a woman. Which, <laughs> oh sure, which sucks because I love. El I mean, that Scorcho. song is incredible. That's my favorite song. And Across the album. Sea is the one where he Across the Sea is rough. To, yeah. uh, so. But then again, that's another song where it's he was what 24 25 i'm not excusing the grossness of the of the age difference uh he was like this tortured anguished guy at the time and that song really does do a great job of painting that portrait We will get into this when we start talking about albums. Uh, I can talk a lot about this album. It was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, pretty, uh, I listened to it a lot, I would say, when I was like senior in high school, probably. And, uh, you know, I think, though, that like the the big thing about this album was like they wrote that beautiful like pop album. And then this album was more of like an, you know, self-reflective art like artsy album yeah. mm-hmm. and i think that then he was like fuck it i will never write another vulnerable song again i, I will only and that's write a... garbage for well, the rest yeah, he, of my life he got um he took i think that's when he really got back and he was going to harvard when he wrote a lot of pinkerton i think he mm-hmm. went back afterwards and he I, I there's something he he created like this book of chords and and tabs of like trying to un unleash like the what's the perfect perfectly structured pop song and that's how he wrote the green album because the green album is the most sanitized like impersonal record almost formulaic career it's still a a pretty great record because it's it's just really fun pop hooks and he's a great musician and songwriter but yeah there's no there's no soul there's no i think island in the sun does have it even though island in the sun is a beautiful song it's lovely it's Mm -hmm. a fun little treat yeah And there are a couple other songs in that record I really like, but yeah. And that he, video was cute where the giraffes were eating yes. leaves and stuff. There's also... <laughs> leaves is River's sibling. Oh, I'm like, what are you about? Did you know that? I, no, I, I thought found you that out today. I did not know that, I actually. I thought you were going to go, leaves? Well, we need to leave for no, a break. Like, I, 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 I like, So I got, yeah, I was kind of reading up on him today, 
And Rivers, I think it's his brother. The name is Leaves. So it's Rivers River and Leaves. River and Leaves. Rivers and, like, and Leaves. Rivers is like kind of a Rivers, interesting yeah, name. A little creative. Yeah. And then it's like, here are our kids. Rivers, Leaves, and, yeah. and presumably and Streams. Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It feels like want to for his entire life, he's been going back and forth between this very creatively inspired, emotionally direct approach to life and songwriting. And then like hard, he was like a real metal kid. Like he loved metal. Yeah, and like there's so sure. many songs about referencing Kiss and, and, and stuff like that. And and that's so the impersonal part of his life. And it's weird. Where that are he's they from? Where's Los he Angeles? from? LA? They are... I think River's... I know that mistaken, was, the band was formed. The band was in formed Angeles. in Los Angeles, huh. and uh, but River spent a lot of time, I believe, in New Hampshire with his very hippie coming family as a kid. And there's a lot of they songs. Were hippies, Rivers, yeah. and <laughs> Rivers. And well, there's Leaves. a lot of songs written around the time of Pinkerton that are him kind of dealing with wanting to go back and and live like a normal life. He, wanted, he wants to. It's time we got back to the good life. To the, well, uh, my other favorite Rivers Cuomo song is a song called "Long Time Sunshine," which was. Uh, on one of the Alone uh, River solo compilation records mm-hmm. that came out 2006, 2007. And it's it's so many songs from that Pinkerton era are about he got his success and now he's miserable. Raised in an ashram in Connecticut, Cuomo moved to L.A. at 18. There you go, baby. And an ashram uh, is a spiritual hermitage or a monastery in Indian religions. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're cool, going to be jumping all over here because there's so much insane stuff yeah, about this, there truly is. this guy and this band. Um, so, Connor, one of the th- one of the things that makes this uh, whole idea of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame problematic and uh, difficult to parse out is that music obviously is subjective, right? How can you say one band is more worthy than another? Right. It's uh, it's a fool's errand, but because I'm a fool, I have put together a list of criteria and categories that I think if a band does pretty well in these they have a good shot at induction okay so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to see how weezer stacks up (laughs) we'll be right back (laughs) welcome back everybody we hope you had a nice break we hope over the break i hope that you um learned something that brought you joy and not sadness because i learned something that bumped me out over the break very cool (laughs) very cool and fun all right weezer uh became eligible this year so they are for the first time eligible to be on the ballot for the class of 2020 because 1994 was the first uh recording released by them so this is the year that they're eligible? Yes, this is the very oh, first time that they could potentially yeah. be on the ballot. Wow. Any Hall connections, Scott Schreiner, the bass player, played with the Cars when they were inducted in 2018. Wow. Oh, okay. So he's around. So he's shown up. He's he's put in some time. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything before we really get into it as a primer that we need to uh, say about Weezer. We've said a lot already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of came out in the middle maybe even towards the end of the grunge uh, era with almost a power pop e uh, vibe. And then the, the, the first two albums were the big ones, the blue album Pinkerton. And then as we said before, diminishing returns, rivers, Cuomo, the kind of nerdy proto emo uh, character. He, they, he's been called like the godfather of the emo movement. Yes. Thick, thick, uh, the buddy Holly glasses. glasses. He brought him back. And honestly, it, it's a vibe and it it's works for me. I enjoy it. 
And Weezer's got a got a cool logo with they the have W. They have a cool logo, and also you know they have a great logo, but then also it's very similar to the Wonder Woman. Uh, right. logo. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know my friend one of my friends has the Wonder Woman logo tattooed on her chest and people are always like hell no, yeah Weezer no. and she is like so sad it's like really difficult what a, yeah. what a shift yeah. from Wonder Woman yep. to Weezer that's really that's uh, tragic yeah. what a tragic story can, uh, can we bring up the other members of the band so if you want yeah go ahead yeah, yeah well so um, I believe the only band member that has been there since day one is the drummer Patrick Wilson correct um, there was another guitarist I believe his name is Jason, Jason Cropper, Cropper. Mm-hmm. and then he was replaced by Brian Bell, who's been with the band ever since, and he and and Brian Bell got in right uh, as they were recording they were the rec- first album. Yeah, so he's in like all the videos, but he didn't play. Oh, on but the he record. didn't play on the correct. On- uh, and then they've had um, three bass players. The everyone's favorite is Matt Sharp, who played on the uh, first two. On the first two, and was the founding member of the Rentals. Yeah, I'm like I know um, that name. I mm-hmm. like the a lot. I mean, there's a, a lot of Weezer discourse for the first ten years. Was Weezer was great, and then Matt Sharp left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right. <laughs> he was replaced by uh, for the Green Album with Mikey Walsh. Welsh. Welsh. Yes. Who had like a nervous breakdown during his first year with the band. And then I he believe was like, he, I can't do it. He These left songs like right in the middle of them getting ready to film a video for Island in the Sun. Oh. And he, I believe he's dead. Is he, he did. He, he died, died in 2011. Uh, um, found dead in his apartment. Yeah. Oh. And then yeah. he was then he was replaced with Scott Schreiner in 2002 who's been with the band ever since and they've had yeah. the same lineup since 2001. Yeah. So you know, you know, I guess if it's broke just keep on, keep it broken. <laughs> yeah, what's just the, what's the, how's it, it bro- Sorry, goes? clearly I have many This is a band that I was not introduced to by a boyfriend. Okay. Uh, this is a this is a band <laughs> that that I got into. This was before I had any boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, it's a, it's Or a, actually my high school boyfriend 100% hated Weezer. He was is, like a metalhead. I think that's a good way to Weezer. put it though. It's, uh, Weezer is a band for people that do not have boyfriends or girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's very good. Yeah, this the um yeah i really liked the blue album and my um uh i saw weezer i saw weezer when they were touring after the blue album who oh, were, i oh, saw geez. them yeah i saw them with no doubt oh, i saw weezer and no doubt in probably 1996 i was a freshman oh, in high school or like 97 too. something like that. that sounds fun yeah and it was like a very very fun cool concert and i went because i loved weezer and my friends all loved no doubt and now i love both bands but you know one of them has uh, stayed the course and one of them has not done not much done. Yeah. like they and, haven't and, done and enough the answer, to tarnish their legacy the answer might surprise you <laughs> <laughs> okay but, yeah. that's the that's the primer then yeah. yeah let's talk about the first category which is critical acclaim which is a complicated one Ooh, for Weezer yeah. yes because it, it, they come out of the gate strong and then fall off but then weirdly towards the end or more recent I should say years there's been some peaks again. Yes, there's, it's almost like there's a there's a valley. Obviously, not go- and never coming back up quite to the level of the Blue Album or Pinkerton. But of well, critics are liking things that they do. They again? certainly yes, are liking. They like the White Album and the, everything. The White Album, which we'll talk about in great detail later, because it's it's one God. of the best things they've ever done. I and doubt then it. Uh, everything will be all right in the end, which was their first uh, quote unquote return to form record, where they brought Rick Ocasek back to produce. Yeah. So again, it's not like back to the heights of those first no, two, but no, it's no. certainly yeah. a a noted improvement from the albums. And before it. um, in the last 
10 to 15 years, I think there's been a lot of critical acclaim uh, retroactively for the Green Album and for Maladroit. Those records have had like, a, they're not like seen as classics the way that the first two are. Re- but they're Yeah, they're, they're not put on the same uh, plane as like Hurley or Pacific Daydream. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, How are these? I, I'm I just know. bringing up garbage records. So, but, but let's yeah. talk about then classic albums. It's very clear that the two classic albums that Weezer has in their discography is the Blue Album, the which is the debut, and then Pinkerton. Yes. yes. Now, do you guys think that either of those two, or I guess any other album, just there's, for fun, there's only those two in my would opinion. show up on the Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest albums? Oh, they, one of them has I to. I think at least one of them is on it. I, feel, I bet it's the Blue Album. I wonder if it's Pinkerton as like a apology for a like negative Did they review. Get a bad like review? I think Rolling Stone gave a really bad review when it came out, and then Man. when it was reissued, it was like a five star. But I I think at least one of them I has to be. The first, okay. Um, uh, gosh. I'm, I'm gonna so go. I, I'm gonna go on a limb and say Pinkerton. You're gonna say you Pinkerton. You think only one is on there, and you think it's Pinkerton? If if I had to choose one, yeah. Okay, Chris, what do you think? Ooh, okay, I think that at least one is on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my heart, it's Pinkerton, but I think that knowing the like, just feeling the Rolling Stone vibe. Uh, of like they love a debut album and that one is incredibly classic and like mm-hmm. iconic and important to the band. So I think it's going to be the blue. This is the blue album. It okay. is. It is the blue album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fits more with the Rolling Stone set. Right. Yeah. Uh, where do you think it falls? Okay. Out I, of five hundred. Okay. I don't think it, we're going to be up top, but I. I always put things in the 300s. Maybe... Oh, I'm going with the 300s. Maybe it's in the... T- maybe it's like... We like to do specific yeah, numbers. Oh, okay. okay maybe Just it's like, in case. Here's what I'm going to guess. 298. Okay. I bet it's higher than that, but I'm, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to go 337. Uh, so this is... Number? A moment. 299. <gasps> Whoa! Oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> and you you, is... you even win by prices right rules because you didn't go over even yeah. though that doesn't apply here wow have i this is the closest i've ever gotten I, yeah. did i ever you, get it you got within five once and then we lost the recording <laughs> <laughs> That's right. so i'm worried about this uh oh my god yeah i mean wow. Kristen, really good wow. yeah. two nine <laughs> I want you guys to know that I truly have never, ever opened the list. I wouldn't even know where to fucking look for it. I don't know what it is, and I do not care. Mm -hmm. These are just a fun thing for me to guess. And for a reason, you're good at it. it. Wow. It was $2.99? It was $2.99. Wow. Okay. Incredible right. stuff, Kristen. Good for me. Yeah. That's a good comeback because I really, I biffed, I biffed one recently. I really was like hundreds <laughs> off. So. Yeah, it was, we, but now that all is forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's back on top, baby. Wow. Uh, that but makes yeah, sense. those, so, but I think both those albums you can easily classify as classic. Yes, absolutely. Which helps their case. The next category can is. Can I also really yeah. quickly about the albums because, you know, you, we've talked about, I, oh. I, I think it's pretty clear that I fall into the category of people who think that their first two albums are incredible and everything after that is basically garbage. Yeah. If you'd yeah. like, I can run through the whole discography I, real quick. Oh, my God. Can I? I Ooh, can, let's you see if you can do it from memory. I think I can this do it by memory. This will be your rock hall. And, I, on. and can I say, I think with the exception of the songs like Island in the Sun and 
I think that might be the only song after those first two albums that I think okay. is worth anything. Okay, I, great. I, I will say I have made a Spotify playlist for someone who said they never made good music after the Green album that I can share with you guys. It's mm-hmm. my personal best of, oh, of we'll the tweet that out. post-Green Day. We will tweet that out. Albums. And I believe that playlist is titled, Um, Actually? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if you can do the discography okay. in chronological yes, order. Yes, I can. Okay, so uh, 94 is Blue Album. Yes. 96 is Pinkerton. Good. 2001 is The Green Album. Yes. 2002 is Maladroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2008 is the Red Album. You missed one. Oh, wait. Uh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. 2005 is Make Believe. Yes. Ugh. Oh, wait. Make Believe? Uh, Good God. Make Believe I sucks. remember. Uh, I, I, it's rightfully forgotten. What uh, was the song on Maladroit? Dope. Dope uh, Hash Pipe. Dope Nose and, and Keep Fishing were the singles on Maladroit. Good God. Forgotten. Keep Fishing's really good. Okay. Uh, 2005's Make Believe. 2008's The Red Album. 2009 is Ratitude. Wait, there was a Red Album? Yes. Yeah. Oh, we'll okay. get into that. So it one. went green. So, so the colors so far are blue, blue green, and red. red. Uh, okay. 2009's Ratitude. 2010 Ratitude. is Hurley mm-hmm. and the compilation record Death to False Metal, which is oh. a bunch of rarities. Wasn't even looking uh, at that. Okay. Uh, 2014 is Everything Will Be All Right in the End. Great. 2016 is um, the uh, third best Weezer record of all time, the White Album. How dare right. they? Which might have technically been 2015. Uh, no, it was April 2016, actually. Okay, cool. I was very excited um, about that record. Some, I got to finally, well, actually. I was just um, looking at the... Uh, the, 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 the singles, singles came, came out, out yeah, that, yeah. Uh, in um, then uh, twenty seventeen is Pacific Daydream. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that album is a nightmare. Um, f- I think it's like February twenty nineteen is the Teal album, which is their covers eighties covers record. Tw- and then the last released record is the Black album, which is a pile of shit. Okay, uh, there you go. So uh, that is their discography. Here's my thoughts on Weezer. After he got burned by, you know, his vulnerability on Pinkerton uh, and then decided to just never, ever evolve again, uh, I, I, feel, I feel that it is embarrassing that they are still writing songs as though they are in high school. It is embarrassing to me to hear That's, some of their music. I, will, I want to come to their defense a bit, and that is not entirely accurate of their discography. There are a lot of introspective and sweet songs that span that discography it's just with the exception of the white album in 2016 which i cannot recommend enough it is such a great record and we will talk about it later i'm sure but uh there are stretches oh, no, but there's the time this is okay about so um that but, re- but to <laughs> Kristen's point the singles from the white album seem like they they come are not from great singles a teenage perspective yes. they're called thank are- god for girls and do you want to get high i'm going to kill someone <laughs> but fucking and that's like 10 years after they released hash pipe i'm just like who the mm-hmm. fuck are you like but it's i will uh that one is was technically a concept record and the <laughs> <laughs> the, the but let me just stress though. Thank the, God for girls. They got this producer, this guy Jake Sinclair, who produces a lot of like alt synth pop, and he was in a Weezer cover band as a kid, and he loved Blue and Pinkerton, and he wanted to make a record that sounded like that, which but it was also like a new thing, and he he basically assigned them the concept of like write a beach record, and but not Pacific Daydreams. So, but um, confusing. So my my. Uh, theory on Weezer records is if 
um, if you read an interview with them about the making of the record, if it seems like they didn't have a good time making it, it's probably a good record. Because they talk about how tense it was with mm-hmm. that producer. And then when they're like, the Black Album was like, we had a lot of fun getting adventures, and it's just true trash. Also, the White Album, the nerve, the absolute gall, <laughs> the all-out yeah. oh, Come just... on, the re- it's like the replacements calling something Let It Be. <laughs> yeah. I like when that happens. But, um... but they're the replacements, mm-hmm. and this is late-term Weezer. <laughs> Uh, true. Late true. term. Late term. Yeah. This is, this late is a late term. term it's abortion. not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> okay. A, a way to go through the albums is to kind of talk about the songs. Yes. That is the next category, like their iconic, recognizable oh, yeah. songs. So, and we'll kind of do it chronologically. Their biggest iconic song, we've already talked about it, from the Blue Album and of their entire career is Buddy Holly. Yes. yes. That's the one. It was, I learned, on the startup disc for Windows 95. Yes. Oh my yes. God, really? It's it, yeah, the video was loaded yeah. onto Windows 95. Wow. And, and it's a fun video. It's the Happy Days. Yeah, it's the Happy Days thing. Yeah, that Spike Jones directed. Uh, and then I would say other God, that is just like the most Gen X thing it could possibly be. <laughs> it's like a nine. It is the nineties using the seventies that they're really pulling at the mm-hmm. exact it's right. Like, it's cementing the nerd rock yeah. sort of thing that they have. Gosh. Yeah. And he's saying he's calling out his aesthetic as well. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's just like genius. That's truly a stroke of perfection. Yeah. And then the other big, I would say, say it ain't so oh, is probably the God. gem from the Blue Album. And then uh, you have the other big singles, Undone. Undone, the sweater song. On the radio, you'd hear Undone more than you'd hear Say It Ain't So. That's, that's I think Say It Ain't yeah. So is, I think, the better song. Yeah. Those are the three, like, anyone could recognize them songs from yes. the Blue Album. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would say, if you don't listen to Pinkerton, like, if you're not a music fan or a Weezer fan, you are not going to happen upon those songs yeah. in the world. My mom only knows them because I was playing them so I, I think often. El Scorcho was if enough of a radio. Yeah. If there was one that hit, it's El Scorcho. Uh, yeah, I would still I would still consider but yeah, that. Yeah, like The Good Life and Pink Triangle were singles, but they didn't really gain a lot of no. traction. So then they went away for a little bit and they came back with a green album and uh, Island in the Sun, I think, is up oh, there yeah. with Buddy Holly as as big of a song as they and, have yeah, and a recognizable. Yeah. Hashpipe is a colossal radio hit. Yeah, yeah. Hashpipe, That's absolutely. That's an inescapable song. Good God. Even though Hashpipe is, uh, in comparison to Island in the Sun, I think almost across the board, objectively the wor- the worst song, but <laughs> it's So then make believe had their biggest hit at the time, Beverly Hills. Which I is, truly hate that. Beverly song. Hills is like a dirge of a song. Yes. It's just it, I, they're not trying hard, but I like it, it as camp, but mm-hmm. I don't like it as like a, an actual Weezer song. too because it is so omnipresent that like right. I mean you know I've driven through Beverly Hills and through no fault of my own gotten that song stuck in my head mm-hmm. well there's a there's a Peter Frampton-y 
talk box guitar solo yeah, in that song. Oh what? That was good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then also on Make Believe was a great song, Perfect Situation. This is kind of like their Jenny Lewis, Rilo Kiley-ish song. It's definitely that this era. This has a very Rilo... Ki- is this 2006, you said? It's 2005. 2005, and I, yeah. The, whole, the rumor was he scrapped all the demos for, for the next record to get uh, personal and emotional again. And the record is like very hollow personal emotional songs. There's some great like guitar work on it, but it is the lyrics are just so shoddy and mm-hmm. like... It's funny because, like, like, yeah, I've never heard that song. I think I had really, truly given up on Weezer after. <laughs> this is where people start. Th- I was just like, absolutely yeah, not. I would yeah. never g- ever seek them out. I couldn't have. Ca- I I felt so betrayed and angry at them. <laughs> and to hear that song, though, it's interesting. Just like that vibe. I mean, I love Rilo Kylie, so it's funny yeah. that like yeah. I did not. It's definitely that mid two thousands radio rock, and there are some good songs. But... Yeah. And then on the red album, it had Pork and Beans. Which, which was, was a big single. What it was a the big, fuck is that? Big hit. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. I ain't got a thing to prove to you. I'll eat my candy with the pork and beans. Excuse my manners if I make Is that some stupid, like... Uh, friggin' you and me, baby, and nothing but mammals type no. thing. No, no, no. Pork and beans is basically a song about uh, they're just gonna keep being Weezer, y'all. Like that's it, it's it's a good song. It had like a very um, viral video referency video with like all People the liked it. internet stars of that era. That song was pretty big. I Who mean, was big on the internet at that time? It was like Chris Crocker, Lee Britney alone. <laughs> oh uh, my god, Tayson Day, Chuck uh, like the video is like a perfect encapsulation of the internet. It's like it even has like um it even I think it even has like the GI Joe guy like uh oh things in god. it. Oh my god, yeah. Um that record is really weird cuz yeah. the last half is every Again, other member of just... Weezer gets uh, a solo song and like Scott Triner does kind of like a rap rock song and oh. uh hmm. it's it's not a successful record. There's a couple so- there's a song called Greatest Man That Ever Lived which is insane it's like a six-part orchestra song where there's like a baroque chorus in there and he does falsetto Whose song was that uh that was rivers yeah and it's, i know it's <laughs> yeah. oh yeah oh, okay it's i it's one of my favorite weezer songs because it's so crazy and fun Then, I mean, on Ratitude, if you're wondering Why if I want you is to. That, that is one of their I best singles. Oh, that song, song. That song is, is incredible. Good. I don't know it. It's too. That's one of their absolute best singles. Um, it's very catchy, very fun. Like, that song could have been written 
buy yellow card. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, With that, a different production, but like. That's, yeah. And also like, that's yeah. the first record. Ratitude's the first record where he stops writing everything by himself. He starts bringing in co-writers. I think he writes a song with the All-American Rejects on that like, album. It, and, what like, year was Ratitude? That was 2009. Because that, to me, it's, again, it's fine. It's fine. I actually don't like that song. I do I'll think honest. after that, there, in terms of songs that everybody would know, they did have some uh, alt rock radio yes. hits that fell away pretty quickly. Right, but I like not really until, and it's crazy that now this is part of their canon, the cover of Africa. Yeah. Played a lot, a number one hit on the alt rock charts, I, and charted in the on the pop charts too. And, I have never heard it. And I mean, if you, I have you heard Africa? Of course, I've heard Africa. Yeah, then it's, the point it, is it's that exactly the same. They don't do anything with it. The, the what? Yes, it's, they don't do anything because it was um, this girl started that. A Twitter, the Twitter to get Weezer to cover Africa, and every day or so she would tweet, "Hey Weezer, you should cover Africa by Toto." She would just tweet it, and it wasn't even that popular and, of a Twitter. And then, then they trolled her, which was funny, as they covered Rosanna. Yeah, they put out Rosanna. Toto, <laughs> Toto, which and that's good. actually that cover actually sounds more spirited and fun. That well, the whole Teal album is them covering fun '80s and '90s songs with no. No, no, no spirit, no soul. It's, and it's so plotting and fraudulent, and it <laughs> makes me like, and it makes you like nostalgic for something like an album like Ratitude, where it's a little childish, it's a little dumb, but at least Rivers was very engaged, and he was I mean, having a lot of how fun. How old are they now? They're, They're in their um, late Scott's 40s. in his mid fifties. I know he's like older than the rest of the band. Yeah, I think well, Rivers you know, is almost fifty. That makes sense because it's twenty five years from yeah. the first recording. Oh, so yeah. if they were in their twenties, yeah. I I still again I, I keep coming back to the White Album, but please listen to that record. It's such a good encapsulation of Rivers being engaged mm-hmm. and writing good catchy if songs. You had to pick again. one song from that album. There's okay. There's this song called Jacked Up, and again, <laughs> I hate these titles. Here's the thing. I, to begin with, I was definitely not going to listen to the White <laughs> Album, you and now I'm like, I was like, but maybe if there's one song, well, okay, I could, I'll say I could there's a song called song. California Kids that is a really oh, good song. This is insufferable. It's it's your, your curse is that you have to <laughs> like these songs with but these like, terrible titles. F- fucking Brian Wilson wrote songs with these stupid titles, and we all like it. And I so know. It's, I think it's very this hypocritical for people. <laughs> I know, but fucking Brian Wilson put out a rap song. <laughs> I know. What? I know. I know. Called Smart Girls, but don't worry, Rivers Cuomo also put out a song called Smart Girls. <laughs> Guys, I think it's I think it's yeah. time to move on I'm to the sorry. next category. Yeah. Next category is commercial success. Well, and this is like like we said, well, it, they've been able to maintain a career and get songs on the radio. And I mean, this is both commercial success and longevity, I guess, is what I'm saying. But like, they've sold tens of millions of records. Yeah, they are. And when we talk about the next category, longevity, like, it's hard to think of any other group that has been able to put out music that gets played on the radio consistently for this long. The fact that they're still in the conversation and, you know, other bands from that era, like, even, like, the Smashing Pumpkins 
don't have the same no, not level even a little of bit. longevity. Yeah, absolutely not. And like they were arguably so much bigger in that time period. But but they fell off fast. They fell off really fast. And even when they got back together, there wasn't like this. They they even tried to do sort of like an ironic, silly rebranding last year with some new like videos. They have like a, a fun video with them and Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. And it just doesn't, so it, nothing clicks. And a lot of bands are trying to do what Weezer has done in the last five years, which is well, stay relevant kind of by selling their soul. It's wild. Like but I they're just, still around. Yeah. I don't know what, what it is, but even like now when Foo Fighters puts out a new song, it'll get played and then it goes away pretty quickly. Right. There's something about Weezer's songs is they get played and then they stick around and they become part of the fabric. I it's think a weird it's, thing. I think so much of it is because they're so frustrating that you, you all, like all my friends that are Weezer fans were always like fighting and apologizing for this band. And I think that's probably why they're still in the conversation because they're, well, uh, they're fun to talk about. And I also think that we nailed it earlier in the podcast when we, when I was like, what do the kids think about Weezer? And it depends on where you come into contact with Weezer. Someone like me who came into contact with the first two albums as they were coming out. And like, I have a real, I, nothing will ever be as good as those two albums right. in my opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. And whereas you came in later and then even later we have kids coming to them through like this Africa cover where they probably yeah. think Weezer wrote Africa or something. But then they go and see that like, oh, they have all these amazing yes. songs. I, I think of like, I gave my sister the Blue album when she was in eighth grade. Okay. She didn't like it she wouldn't let she didn't listen to it hmm. and then like she came around she got really into like blink 182 when she was in high school and college and, and then you can backtrack and from then there. she kind yeah. of yeah and so it's I, I think that kids kids these days i think that the youth <laughs> Um, I, probably they have a totally different idea about what Weezer is. Than, I saw than them do, a, do a benefit show where it was clear they only had like 45 minutes to play. This is probably two or three years ago, and it was the most solid hit after hit after hit. So it's I and mean, they have like 45 minutes of of wall -to -wall perfect hits. wall to wall hit material, and I think that alone is enough to get them into the the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Next category is innovation influence, which the Blink-182 thing makes me think that, like... I mean, they I don't think they're particularly influential or innovative. I, I, I disagree uh, solely through Pinkerton. I think uh, the Blue Album is a very... Not derivative record, but it is not, like, a, an original sounding record. Pinkerton did spawn an entire emo movement. And is, okay, and, interesting, yeah. And I think a lot of bands from that era that followed like a lot of the sort of emo pop punk bands that follow always cite Pinkerton as this was the record that got me into music. This is the, the lyrics that inspired me to write music. So I think that, I, I think that album, there are bands that have much more consistent discography, discographies, excuse me, but none have an album that made that much of a dent in like, a, a movement it's like a point that. of origin for it's a genre like, yes it's really funny because like imagine weezer if they didn't make pinkerton <laughs> like i like would just be like, like who gives like, a they'd shit just be fun do you know what i mean no yeah. i don't even know i i don't think i'd care about them nearly as much if they had to remove made that, album. that album yeah what does that do the legacy yes yeah. complicates it's, it it certainly takes away the innovation aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, for sure. Like, he'd be a great songwriter, but no. All right, guys. We're yeah. here at the last category. Okay. Which was, does my mom know them? <laughs> and, I, and I texted my mom, 
And her response was, yes, I do. Especially since they did a cover of that Africa oh, song. Oh, my gosh. She said that Africa so song. So it truly worked. Like, it wow. truly. Because I remember talking to my mom not long ago where she was like, why are they playing Africa on the radio again? And I was like, oh, that's not Toto. And she's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was like, no, that's how much that song sounds wow. exactly the same. I am so, it was I'm such a shrewd it. move by like their, clearly like their management was like, just do it. And like you get at worst, it's funny. Yeah. At best, it's on the radio for a while. Yeah. And it really, I mean, they're doing a stadium tour next year. Like no mm-hmm. other bands. I mean, they're doing it with Green Day, but. No other bands from that era are doing a stadium tour. Um, my mom called just as we were about to start recording, and Joe was like, "Don't forget to ask her if she knows Weezer." And I was like, "I was like, she does." I was like, "Mom, do you know who Weezer is?" And she said, "Of course." And then she kind of giggled. Uh, yeah, she was thinking of those dirty lyrics from Pinkerton. Uh, my mom was thinking of the T-shirt that I bought at I the bet. Weezer yeah. show in '97. But we- Weezer has saturated the culture. Every, that's yeah. a huge uh, mark in their favor. To the point that their logo is not like is more people As, would see not that more, not Wonder Woman. R- yeah, yeah. I I mean it's honestly sometimes you can attribute a lot of their lack of hits in the last ten years to you know the fall of rock radio. Like there's rock radio is sort of irrelevant mm-hmm. now, but you know th- they still have songs that pop up and even in these trash records that are like really solid and he can keep he can he put they put out a song today uh the end of the game that i think is a really good weezer single it's like and it's and it's them going back to all right, you want 80s, like, <laughs> rock? You want solos? All right, you sons of bitches, here's some solos. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, no one can play guitar as well as Rivers Cuomo can. and In, it's, in that way, yeah. It, um, it's I, I saw them do a show in 2011 in Chicago where the first half was uh, they went uh, chronologically back in time from their newest single to the blue album for the first half of the show and then the second half they just played pinkerton straight through oh that's I the way to like do it i would like to go to it that was, show it was one of 25 the best. minutes late <laughs> <laughs> and stay well the I, I think the best show i've ever seen uh was rivers cuomo played the hi-hat in highland park in los angeles solo acoustic and it was him just playing mainly blue and pinkerton song solo and then he like covered Smashing Pumpkins 1979, and I could not stop crying. Aww. Good God, yeah. And that's... then he played solo acoustic with Brian Bell. This was at the Troubadour. He did another acoustic show. Mm-hmm. He, he played You Gave Your Love to Me Softly. And you were like, I, I, well, I, I died. I, I, I'm 11. I, the video of the whole show is on YouTube, and you can hear me scream, oh my God, like <laughs> very loudly you when it dork. starts. All right, it's time uh, for the verdict. Should Weezer be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they get in? If so, when? Kristen, we'll start with you. Wow. You know, God, this one is, there's not an obvious answer to me on this. I mean, I think they probably should. They're a pretty important band. 
but I'm not going to fight for them. You know, I'm like, eh, sure, I guess is where I'm going to put it. Um, uh, will they get in? I bet they get in eventually because they're a really big rock band and like, they're just so incredibly known and they were really, you know, they broke that genre kind of, you mm -hmm. know, they were pretty important in that time. And, you know, the voting body is going to we're going to get to those bands soon and I think they're going to be part of it. Uh, I don't think they're going to get in on their first year. I, I couldn't see that happening. It would be El, El Shaco if it oh happened boy. to me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, <coughs> I Kareem. Uh, uh, so I think, I don't know. I think they'll get in maybe, maybe in five to 10, maybe 10. Okay. That's what I informed think. Connor. What do you think? I mean, I definitely think they'll get in. I could see them getting in earlier, sort of like how, um, the Oscars now have like poppier movies to try and get <laughs> ratings. And I think yeah. to have like a, a more current rock band would be good for the broadcast. It would be yeah. good. For, I think for that, that reason alone, point. They'll probably get in a little sooner than that. I I don't know if they get in right away, but you never really know. I mean, they they might be able to kind of again with management shrewdly put it around an album release. Like they have an mm -hmm. album coming out around yeah. the time of the next ceremony, which is what in like April. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they have an album scheduled for May. So I could see that being like a well, an album to promote and this. Too. Like I could see the shrewdness of that. But I think probably in within. Two to three years, they'll they'll get in, and oh, I wow. obviously they're one of my favorite bands. I think they deserve mm -hmm. it. I think it's hard to, as we've seen today, it's hard to dig through some of the junk, but there is a lot to uh, respect and appreciate yeah. about them if you really uh, <laughs> want to do the work. Well, you know what Rivers Cuomo tweeted in September twenty eighth of two thousand eighteen. I suspect we will get elected to Rock Hall with Oasis, and the induction ceremony will sure be in Cleveland. Are you sure this is not a Trump tweet? <laughs> <laughs> it, I he mean, thinks the, that they'll they, like the verbiage is bizarre. I, know. <laughs> I suspect we will get elected to Rock Hall yeah, with Oasis, no. and the induction ceremony will be in Cleveland in 2020. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I love that. Rivers. Is a fucking Trump tweet. That's that wild. is wild. It's wild as hell. Um, we, we didn't even get to the whole point. Uh, we didn't even get to the uh, failed single he wrote where he got on Tinder and, uh, and wrote a song. I don't want to yeah. hear about this. I hate it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, anyway. I, I, I think Weezer yes. should get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they just they have two classic albums. They have more songs than you initially think mm -hmm. when you're thinking about Weezer. Everybody knows them, and the longevity is yeah. like in, it, an they incredible feat. I think, um, I think they will, but I just can't see the voting body that didn't elect Radiohead in their first year being able to uh, understand what to do with Weezer for another ten years. Would be my guess. Off the off, just your head, what are some other bands that are eligible this year that could be? So I think Notorious B.I.G. is going to walk right through. I okay. think they're going to go right in. Uh, but the other... It's because um, he hypnotized everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sure did. Um, it was all a dream. So I think, I think Biggie will get in this year. I don't think anyone else who's eligible this year will probably even make the ballot. We talked about Oasis last week. They're eligible this year. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which is why Rivers uh, name-checked them. Uh, and then beyond that, it's bands that are going to have to take some time. We're going to do an episode just on first-year eligibles next week, probably. Fire. It'll be so fun to see FYI. that 
tweet quote tweeted when that actually happens. Like, yeah, uh-huh. it'd be so funny to see him call that shot. Just the way, the verbiage on that was uh, disconcerting. I <laughs> I read that Rivers doesn't even use Twitter as much as he has like tweets on a timed. Okay. So like that's funny. So which I find it even weirder tweet. that yeah. he like wrote that down and then set a time for that to be released into so the world. Funny. Um, all right, but let's say they get inducted. We talked about the band members already. Do you think? I think you put in basically everyone. You said maybe not Welsh, but I could see. I mean, he played he on the might Green get album it because he passed, he passed away. away. Um, uh, but uh, and obviously not that Cropper guy because yeah. he was never Sharp on. would definitely be Sharp. involved. I think um, over the last. 10 years uh, rivers and matt have th- there have been i think like appearances on each other's shows like, yeah so i think there is enough uh goodwill there that i think he would maybe co- he, he, he would, would probably show like up. i and i bet he'd play like if well, they did three songs august bet- 30th 2019 in rolling stone why matt sharp would pass on reuniting with weezer wow. at a hall of fame induction. Whoa. wow okay and it's, it's Wait, at, it, at hall of fame induction yes Dang. specifically for the they rock hall whoa they asked you. him yeah, because because they were saying well it's the 25th anniversary so you guys are eligible what do you think and he just said uh you know i don't think so kind of out of deference to scott schreiner to be like he's he's been with the band for so long uh just put two bases up there baby they do it with drums I, all the time I know, but <laughs> i don't know i could he could be convinced but he, he said that he's like i don't imagine so i, I yeah. can't see music quite like that i mean i love matt sharp but scott schreiner is so fun to watch like play mm-hmm. with that band like he is the most fun he's the the fun of that band playing live who inducts Weezer, who gives the speech? I think the obvious choice is Rick Ocasek. That's that would make a lot of sense. Oh yeah, because he produced he produced um, Blue album and the Green album, and uh, he produced Blue, Green, and Everything Will Be All Right in the End. Okay, uh, and those are all uh, very interesting and well produced records. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say the only other person I could see maybe doing it would be like Nerd Rock King Elvis Costello. Like with oh, the same look, like could he, we have that many glasses on the stage? Could we do it? Would that be uh, everyone? Everyone would burn would, to a crisp. Yeah, would the space time continuum rip? Is there um any? Have they publicly said anything about each other or like Elvis towards Weezer? Like, is Costello? there already an established no, relationship? Um, I just think there's just that's an easy dunk of yeah. like just writing a line of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing it for the, like, you know, following the Buddy Holly lineage sort of uh, thing. Like, it would make sense, but I think Ocasek is such a better choice. It but, just seems uh, like the obvious one. Yeah. I know Charlie XCX has said that she is a big fan of Weezer. Oh, yeah. she uh, Rivers it's, wrote uh, some songs for her album Sucker, uh, and it's he's written a lot of pop songs that a lot of people don't know about, which yeah. are crazy and... Uh, Maybe we'll get the rapper we... B.O.B. Uh, Bob. Oh, yeah, B.O.B. B.O.B. Bob. Hell yeah, uh, get B.O.B. in there. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. No one else really comes to mind. I think if Ocasek is still kicking, then... Oh, maybe... Weird Al. That's what was a thought. Yeah. Could be, um, feels, feels right. And he's in the Africa video. Mm-hmm. Um, Which also feels right. Oh, maybe Spike Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess Has he ever would... done any speeches? No. He's not. His like, I mean, like Beastie Boys are in, but yeah. like anyone else that he really worked with are not exactly in. Yeah, I mean, yet. the thing, the thing that's so weird about Weezer, they just announced this big tour with Green Day today, and they are their peers, but it made it was weird to see them together because mm-hmm. they don't really 
feel like they're the same era of Weezer's kind of peerless in that they've had so many so many arcs to their to their I mean and they, Green Day doesn't put out songs that get the airplay that Weezer does. No. The, when I, is the last time Green Day put out an album? Uh 2016 they put out a, a record that had a, a moderate moderate rock hit uh, in Bang Bang. <laughs> but, but yeah, nobody, uh, nobody no. knows that. But, okay, but they put only up, you know that. I'll say this. Um, they, uh, Green Day and Weezer both put out, my two favorite bands both put out singles today, and the Green Day song is kind of weird and not fun, and the Weezer song is really fun and satisfying, but it's probably because Green Day's been very consistent, so... When they have like a setback, you're like, ugh. And when Weezer puts out a song that's good, yeah, you're right? so yeah, happy. Yeah, you lowered like, the bar. They yeah, really that's, did. that's really it. Because after the whole Africa, Teal album, Black album, to hear Rivers engaged again was like, your friend has, has been depressed and now yeah. he's out again. You're like, oh, you're great. Like, oh, nice to see you, buddy. Hey, hey. Uh, well, speaking of songs, what yeah. songs do Weezer play at the induction? I think obviously Buddy Holly. Yes. I think also Island in the Sun. You got to get Hash Pipe in there. You got to get Dope I, Nose. I think, get... I think they're going to go. They do Say It Ain't So also. They, I think say they, it they, ain't they, so. they will probably do something, do like sort of a, not a medley, but like well, they could do they like do a medleys. cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they would probably do like Island in the Sun and Say It Ain't So both kind of have the same sort of minor key kind of vibe. So maybe uh-huh. they go together. Um, I think Buddy Holly's a lock. Buddy Holly's a yeah. lock. That's probably what the last... So they get three songs? Four. Four? Four. Oh. Especially, well, and some of the songs are shorter. Or short. There's a, there's a world where they play five. Yeah. I... Oh, man. I think that... Perfect Situation feels thematically yeah, appropriate. Yeah, I think that's true. I think their best late period hit is If You're Wondering If I Want You To. I mm-hmm. think that song is a really fun poppy hit and I think that's a sign that if they, they played could, it like, at the Rock Hall people would that. be like oh yeah this is a good like, like dancing and, I feel yeah. like they could open with that yeah, I feel like I mean, that could be like kind of what The Cure did you know what I mean where they play a song that's like a little lesser known yeah mm-hmm. but they just it gets kick people, it off and yeah. I think I, when I've seen them play that in concert it's definitely a song where people like turn to the person they were like oh yeah and, like it, uh-huh. it's a yeah. so I think that's probably what it would be I think the the only other song that might be played is El Scorcho. Yeah. I think to play something off of Pinkerton. They would have to do they would I think they would maybe play like a verse of a Pinkerton song but I think it would have to be represented. Yeah. But definitely I mean Buddy Holly's the biggest lock. If Weezer gets inducted will you go to the ceremony with us? Oh boy. Uh I I might because I felt, oh, I think you have Connor to. you definitely I would felt and so, also you'd be hanging out with us like yes, it was it's yeah like it would be fun <laughs> like a sad little sojourn yeah. by yourself I, be, yeah. well I'm so obsessed with just Rivers as a person that I would want to hear what his speech yeah, would you'd be want to hear the unedited because version. like yeah. he's such an odd person that it never you never feel like you're actually hearing his real thoughts anymore. <laughs> so now you put it, no, it's true. Like, I know what you mean. He, it, it, when you hear him in interviews, it feels like there's a gun to his head. <laughs> like, like this morning I listened to, uh, like the beats one interview he did when they premiered the single. And he, they're like, Rivers, it's, there's a lot of guitars on this. He's like, yeah, there are. And then that was his answer. Good Lord. And it was just so I, funny. I think his, him writing a speech would be, I think he would give, I, I think the thing, the easy thing he'll probably do is he'll probably cede most of the speech to uh, the rest of the band. 
Well, one thing we noticed at the last induction ceremony is they are letting the yeah, just one the front man mm-hmm. give the speech in exchange for more time to play. Oh yeah. wow, okay. So who knows if they would take that? Because the zombies l- did not take that. But I love did. the Green Day uh, speech because all three of them are having so much fun. Yeah, those yeah, but there's also speech. only three of them. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. a different. And they're situation. also all and they're personas. All performer yeah, personas. Like, and, yeah. I mean, that uh, is a band with three front. No men. one. I, I I love Brian Bell as a. Uh, guitarist and like as a harmony vocalist but, he is but an i don't anonymous think man. anyone knows anything about brian yeah, bell no, he's not a rock star um, even though technically he is yeah he's that's the thing the it, others they're anonymous the other three members yeah. are are the some of the biggest rock it's like the killers like can you name any other member of the killers it's impossible no um yeah it's, it's, it's it, literally impossible they don't have names as so far as yes i, no. I will I, I, I will go on record yes Brandon i will come yes that's great okay uh, we yes, got it i will absolutely record. come connor's joining right. us in yeah. 10 years when we, <laughs> 10 years uh who knows well thank you connor for doing this i really oh, appreciate yeah, it this has been fun um where can we find you online or if there's anything you want to plug uh Nothing really to plug, I Just guess. Plug your Twitter. Uh, my yeah. Twitter is at Connor the Connor C O N O R C O N O R, and uh, I mainly just post uh, things about movies and bands I like. So there's uh, on all platforms, I would say. On all you platforms, you start following Connor, it. you're going to be learning like about his specific brand of movies and music <laughs> that no, he no, doesn't no, no, enjoy no, very much. Can we say it's a little? I, I, there's some interesting. I don't. Oh, I, don't I, I don't. I don't think it's not interesting, okay. but it is quite specific to you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rock Hall Pod. You can email us rockhallpod at gmail.com. If you want Kristen to see it, you're going to have to say that somewhere in there. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. If you're leaving a review because of this episode, say, Mama. What was it? I could Big not Stick remember. Mama. Big, Big Stick, stick Mama. mama. <laughs> I was literally like, I was like, was it Mama? Earlier, you were like, jam? remember that, and then no one wrote that. Yeah, big stick, big stick mama. mama so we know that you listen to this episode thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo you see Kim for the music thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment thank you to Chad Briggs and Dave Schilling for letting us record in the apartment that I share with them thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us I'm Joe Kozala I'm Kristen Stutter and who cares about the rock hall Tempting snack. Are you sick and tired of movie review shows that are just missing something? Do you need more history? Do you need more laughs? Do you need more meandering, insane ramblings than most movie shows provide? Well, then I've got the show for you Real Rock, with me, the rock and roll reverend Andy King. On Real Rock, we look to dissect rock and roll movies from not only a historical view, but also through a critical and oftentimes personal view. Every episode of Real Rock is a little different with occasional parodies, sometimes special guests, and a lot of unhinged rants. So pass the popcorn, pass the vape, and hit the lights. We're going to the movies. Listen to Real Rock wherever you catch your pods. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 